Welcome to episode five of Land the Plane podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. And we are glad to be back with you tonight. It's a cold and rainy night here outside the studio. <laughs> <laughs> the the recording studio, also known as uh, Jonathan's um, extra room. I have no idea. Can we call idea. it a man cave or anything? It's, I don't know. It has some Star Wars stuff in it, so maybe it is a man cave. It does. At least a nerd cave. Nerd cave. Nerd That's cave. fine. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take work. that. Nerd cave. It work. Um... We're just here tonight, ready to record another episode of Land the Plane. And Actually, we're not ready to record, but we are recording. We're, we're as ready as we're going to be. Yeah. We're not going to get any more ready. No. I promise you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got an exciting topic to you for you tonight. We're both a little nervous about it, so um, be patient with us as we jump into it. But we, we really, hopefully, I think you are going to get a lot out of it tonight. But before we get there... Jonathan, I have to ask you a question. Man, okay, go ahead. This is not a would you rather, if y'all tuned into that uh, that last episode of Under the Radar, but this is something, and I'm going to give a plug to another podcast because, you know, I listen to it, so this is where I got the idea from, but it's, uh, if y'all know them, Rhett and Link from uh, Good Mythical Morning, it's a YouTube channel. They're pretty entertaining guys. They like to eat a lot of stuff. Those guys are funny. Yeah, and they do a podcast called Ear Biscuits, and they were answering awkward questions or just questions from their audience and there's this question brought up and i never heard it before apparently maybe it's on the internet i don't know but a couple was arguing about it and so they asked rhett and link for help solving it so it really struck me jonathan i wanted to ask you the question to see what you would thought because you're you're a pretty critical thinker you're a very intelligent guy (laughs) (laughs) okie dokie all right so a straw a straw straw how many holes does a straw have if it works correctly, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say one. What? Why? You got You got to justify it. Well, because it it's a it's something that's solid and it has a hole all the way through it. So there's not a hole on each end. No, because if there was a hole on each end, then the middle of it would have to be solid. Okay, so let me ask you this question: If there's another hole in it, then it's it's really problematic to drink through. You ever broken your straw and tried to drink? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, you especially if it's a bendy of, straw. I get so yeah. mad because I'm excited because it bendies. Because <laughs> it bendies. <laughs> and then there's oh. all of a sudden it starts squirting out the side. It's not fun. Yeah, no. But then okay. you have to turn it upside down. And, okay. But go if ahead. you had a gopher in your backyard and it dug a hole and then it went underneath the ground for 30 feet and then came out of the ground somewhere else, how many holes would there be? Well, I guess I guess we would incorrectly normally say two. So would that be one hole? I think it's just one hole. No, because the straw, the his his tunnel would be one hole, but there's two holes in the ground. Well, with a straw, couldn't you say there's two holes in the plastic? No, because you're looking at two different objects. What if you're driving on a road and you come up to a tunnel? How yeah. many holes would that have? I think one. So you're, it's you're just in the, one long hole through the mountain. What's the definition of a hole? I don't know. <laughs> like I don't have an answer I mean, for would, this. That would that would have to be the. 
they were debating it, and then so we got a debate around the kitchen table tonight as we were eating dinner with my kids and stuff. And every time they would answer, I would just look at them, and then they would change their answer because they're like, <laughs> "We must be wrong." <laughs> when you really don't know yourself. Yeah, because one of the arguments was as a whole is the entry point into something. But if you took a six-inch piece of wood and drilled a hole all the way through it, you wouldn't say it had two holes. No, it's just one. So what if you can't see the other end? That makes does that it make feel it, different. Does that make it have two holes? No. Like, like the gopher tunnel? I don't think it does. I think we just refer to it that way. Because, yeah, I've, I mean, if I've got a hole in my shoe, it goes from one side of the shoe into my – like if I step on a nail, it goes all the way through my shoe – I would say I've got a hole, or if I've got a hole in my pants, it's just narrow, so it doesn't seem, you know. What What if you I hope can't? I don't have a hole in my pants. Me too. But, me too. Um, what if What if you can't see the other side? Does that change it? I don't think it changes it, but it it changes the way we like we talk about it. It's interesting. It is. So, because I think some would say it has no holes. It's a tunnel. But isn't a tunnel a hole? Like, when would you all of a sudden classify? Yeah, I mean, if I took a really big spike, like if I was the size of, I don't know what, and or like a a model train. If I had a model train with a model mountain, and I, you know, like shoved a piece of wood through it to make a big hole in it, (laughs) it would be a tunnel, you know? Right, but it'd be one hole. Yeah, it'd be one hole. A tunnel. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think... That's like a straw. A hole in a tunnel. I mean, a tunnel is just a hole. I don't think you can you can separate the two by unit of measurement, no. you know? No, it's just one hole. It's I think a straw. I think a straw is one hole, too. One hole. I mean, that's that's. I'm in the company of one hole. Now, if you took the straw and, like, pinched it together in the middle so that it came, became solid, then it would have two holes but not work. Yeah, it'd be like just a, just just a hole. <laughs> it would not would not work. No, no. I like no. taking straws and holding them by the end and winding them up and then popping it and making another hole. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's fun. That's, and McDonald's straws are superb at that. It took me a long time to. They're learn they're because they're a little bigger and they're kind of thick. They are they are the popping straw. Well, anyway, so that's y'all's homework for the night. Not just to listen to the rest of the podcast, the real important stuff. But we want you to comment. Yeah. Is, is it, it is it one, one hole, hole or two? Two holes or just a tunnel? Okay, uh, it's just yeah, I'll I'll go with tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right, let's move on. We'll awesome, man. All right, so Dustin, speaking of holes, okay. do you remember do you remember a Bible character that was tossed into a hole? Yes. Yeah. There was actually a few yes. that I'm thinking of. Do you remember Joseph? I do. You do? He has an amazing coat. Yeah. <laughs> coat of many colors. All right, so so that's actually what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, the, the story that the, I hate calling it a story because it sounds like something that you that you made up or something, but the it's a, character. It's, a, it's an Old Testament truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's stick with story. Um but no, it's it's the life story of a dude named Joseph, and uh, I I guess I guess we need to do like a really fast synopsis of this of this guy's story, 
and then then we'll go back and kind of talk about a couple of things. So if you if you're not familiar with Joseph, um, basically when he was a kid, his dad liked him better than any of the other brothers, which is awkward for them. But anyway, they did not like him. And uh, after he was kind of an idiot and told them that uh, one day they would bow down and worship him uh, because of a dream that he had, they decided to get rid of him. Um, they Surprise. were, yeah, they were actually going to kill him. And then they decided, you know what? Let's not kill him because, I mean, that's, you know, it's better to sell him. So we'll make some bank and get rid of the, the pesky little brat brother. True businessmen at yeah. heart. Yeah. Anything you know, for profit. There you go. <laughs> so they sold him into slavery. He went to Egypt, um, was a slave in the, the house of a dude named Potiphar. Um, Potiphar's wife liked what he looked like, apparently. And by the way, he was about 17 years old then. Um Awkward. Yeah. So, you know, not sure how old Potiphar's wife was, but uh, he refused to uh, to hang out with her, I guess is the way we could put it. Um, and uh, so she had him, you know, she basically accused him that of, of trying to rape her or whatever, and he gets thrown in jail. So now he's sitting in jail, and a couple of guy, other guys get thrown in jail, um, one is the baker for the king, and one of them is a cup bearer for a king, kind of drinks stuff before he does to make sure it's not poison. Not sure if I want that job, but anyway. Look good on a resume. <laughs> yeah, but if you get another job, that means you're probably dead. Okay, so Joseph, while they were there, he interpreted a couple of dreams for them, and uh, the baker ended up dying, but the cup bearer was brought back to the king. Um, few more years go by and um the the king has a dream the cupbearer remembers oh hey this dude named joseph interpreted my dream one time maybe he can do the same so joseph interpreted the dream for pharaoh and he ended up being um kind of second in command of all of egypt after that um up until that point, he had spent from the year, from about 17 years old until 30, either as a slave or in prison. So 13 years he had spent either as a slave or as, or in prison before he finally um, became like second in charge in, in all of Egypt. So, and then it's really cool about his brothers coming back and, and he kind of messes with them quite a bit but ends up forgiving them and those kind of things. But I want to pause right there. And that's kind of where we're, where we're going to be talking about, because, you know, we, we try to kind of keep this real. Um, and, and that's actually one really cool thing about the Bible is, uh, if I was, if I was trying to sell Christianity as a religion, um, and I was going to be kind of in charge of writing the Bible, I'd probably leave a lot of the stuff out that's in there. You know? Yeah, there's some things that exactly not a lot of people probably want to hear. You yeah, know? it's there's some challenging stuff, some stuff that wouldn't set too well if you're wanting to live a for yourself <laughs> lifestyle or anything. You know? Yeah, follow follow God and be like Joseph, so you can spend 13 years of your life in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, not a good selling point. Isn't that how every young well, you like to spend your young adult years yeah. <laughs> slave in prison? Yeah, my, my daughter's uh, 17, about to graduate high school. 
not thinking she wants to spend the next 13 years in prison. Probably not. No. no probably not. But that's, that. like I said, that's kind of the cool thing about the Bible is that, that it's, it's, it's real. You know, I mean, it, it really is. It's real stuff. So, but what I want to kind of focus on, because I've been, I've been reading through um, Genesis and Exodus uh, here lately, and the story of Joseph has always been um, interesting to me. And a little shout out to my dad. It's like his favorite. Joseph is one of his favorite characters in the Bible. So I really want to want to look at just kind of this whole story about Joseph. And especially at the end of his, kind of the towards the end of this story, we see Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And if you don't remember, Joseph, part of the whole deal here was that he had a plan for getting through a famine that was coming to Egypt. And he, and he tells his brothers, this is in chapter 45 of Genesis, it says, um, and now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Um, and then it goes on to say in a uh, couple of verses later, and God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it says that God sent Joseph there. So that kind of begs the question, Dustin. Mm -hmm. Did God cause or kind of make his brothers sell him into slavery so that he would end up in Egypt and kind of be put into a position to, you know, to, to save all these people from this famine? It's a tough question. <laughs> what? Why? Why is well, that a tough, tough question? Well, it's tough because we know the end result, and we know that great things came about from it, you know? And I can sit here and tell you that, you know, when you go through hard times in your life, you know, there's always, there's something to be learned, or there's something at the end that, that, that God's going to use. But the question really is, like you're saying, is at the beginning of it, when something bad happens, was it was it God's intention to put... Joseph in jail or slavery for 13 years. That doesn't sound like something God would do. Like the the loving God that people will tell me about, that doesn't sound like something I would want him to do to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, go to jail for 13 years. Because in some ways we could look at that and say, oh, well, it was like God's will for them to pretty much hate, his bro- hate their brother, sell him, and then he gets into Egypt and you know, all that he goes through there, that all of that evil that happened to him was God's will. Yeah, which seems seems a little out there because, I mean, God tells us to love one another, not hate each other. God tells us to be kind. I mean, you can go through a whole list. Yeah. And his brothers did exactly the opposite of that. So is that something that God would prompt them to do? Like, right. hey, guys, like a little, little, little meeting. Hey, guys, I want you all to go get Joseph and throw him in a hole <laughs> you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. It just doesn't seem like something God would want them to do, you know, but yet right. at the end. Yeah. I mean, and because we do have Joseph standing there saying, God sent me here. Right. Right. So this is, and what's, I guess what's so tough about this is that the, the beginning of, kind of this story, the beginning action that, that, you know, pushed Joseph into Egypt 
was a sinful action. Right, yeah. So did God cause that sinful action? Because I think we can, you know, I mean, man alive, somebody out there may have a family member or something that, that was hit by a drunk driver, you know, and that, that has changed their the course of their life, you know, for them personally. So they may, you know, did God bring that, cause that person to get drunk that night so that they would hit them to, you know, somehow, you know, make their life better if it is better or whatever, or even worse, you know. I mean, where where do we go with this kind of big, big question of, um, and I know we, there's this big word that, that evangelicals and theologians like to throw around, the sovereignty of God, which means basically that, that God is in control of everything. So let's try to figure that out in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> it's going to be exciting 15 yeah. minutes. No, I mean, I think about it and I think about what, you know, how that started. And I can't, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where God would be so desperate to have something done that he would cause his creation to sin the one thing that he just despises totally. I don't believe God would be that desperate to where he would need need one of his creations to sin and to do something he the least thing he wants us to do is sin. Why would he call upon his creation to do that to get something done? It just doesn't doesn't sit well with me. You know, it doesn't seem like that seems like a, oh there's nothing else to do, so I have to do this. And and the God I I believe in worship he's he's more powerful than that if he's the one that created all this and leads all this then then i can't think of a scenario where he would go back it's like cain and abel what did he tell cain i want you to go ahead and kill abel i mean is that something he wanted him to do yeah. you know jacob and, and esau yeah same kind of thing and even though something great came out of the end result you know that sin had there was sin there that happened and then God transformed it, I guess. Yes. And I think we can put this, the the kind of the question about, did God cause them to sin, um, to rest by looking at James? Um, one, one thing about the Bible is if, you've ever con- if you're ever confused about the Bible, see if the Bible talks about that topic again, because the Bible is its own best interpreter, yeah. you know? Um, and we see in James chapter 1, that uh, he basically says, don't, don't, if you're tempted, don't ever be say that, don't ever say that you're being tempted by God. It says, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So that whole idea that, well, this, you know, this bad thing happened because of sin, but we see that it turns out really good in the end so it must be god's will we can't say that i don't believe that we can say that god caused that sin or tempted anyone to do that so if that's the case what can we say (laughs) and you you sort of you, you sort of started going there just a minute ago yeah i mean to me i think the thing about the drunk driving incident you just talked you referenced you know an example a minute ago no, no, no way, shape, or form do I believe that God put the drink in the guy's person's hands and 
told him to keep drinking, keep drinking, get in the car, make that decision, go drive down the road. This is the place where you want to pull, you know, across the lanes, hit them head on, kill, kill whoever. I don't think that was what God wanted to happen. You know, did he know it was going to happen? Sure. Probably, I guess, you know, uh, when you think about that way, but in this, you know, even if these wonderful things come out of it, even if the guy who was drinking and driving becomes to the Lord and finds Jesus or, or whatever he does with the rest of his life or, or the family of, you know, somebody that might get hurt, you know, God can use that part for great things. But he, I guess uh, to me, it's, it's, it's the transformation of, of their sin in this world that, that he never wanted here. He didn't desire to be here, but he's taking it and he's taking what happens from it. And he acts in a mighty way in those situations, and he ends up getting the glory for the results of what can happen, I guess. So, yeah. yeah Could you say that he takes those things and gives them value? Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Value. And that, that would be the word. Um, would We hear this word a lot when, it, you know, concerning God redeems, you know, that God redeems things. And that, that word simply means to give something value. You know, mm-hmm. you got a coupon, coupon by itself isn't worth anything, but if you take it and you redeem it, then they may give you like a, a Chick-fil-A biscuit for it, which would be awesome. That's good. So anyway, that's, that's, a good that's a good redemption right there. <laughs> so <clears throat> that whole redeeming something, giving it value, I think that's where we see God step into the things. You know, there is sin. There are bad things that happen. There are terrible things that happen because we're on planet earth and, but we can see that God can take those things, redeem them and give them value. And they may even be things that, that we can't understand how we might be able to get on the other end of this. Like I was trying to figure out why in the world, like if it was God's ultimate goal to have Joseph in Egypt to kind of save that remnant of Israel, you know, his family moved down there. They, you know, all that kind of thing. If it was God's plan for them to be there and, and Joseph needed to get there, like how in the world would he get him there outside of his brother selling him all those kind of things? I don't know, but I think it would have happened. He would have gotten there somehow. It, he didn't need someone to sin to get him there, you know? And in, in our situations, whatever we're in, because, I mean, let's face it, we're all in situations, uh, we're all going through things that, that we maybe don't understand, um, whether it's temporary, long-term, whatever, we, we all may be going through things that we don't understand, and we all may feel like it was sin, either on our part or on somebody else's part, that got us into those situations, sometimes, not all the time. But, you know, I think we got to process those things kind of the same way. That God didn't force somebody or cause someone to sin to, to cause this situation. But sin may have caused it, but he's taken it and he can redeem it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think about it, especially from the viewpoint of I am the... I don't know if victim's the right word. I hesitate to use that word, but I'm like the victim of somebody else's sin. Like, like sometimes I think we get caught up because I I don't feel like I've done anything wrong. I don't feel like, and Joseph, I mean, it wasn't really his sin. He 
probably has some issues. I mean, he was a human. He sinned at times. But it wasn't was it his actions that got put him in the hole, put him in prison, put him in jail as a slave and all these things. It wasn't his actions necessarily. It was the actions of others where they committed the sin and did it to him. And I think if I'm thinking in today's world, real life, I'm thinking that's that's a harder concept to handle because it's like, well, I've been doing good. You know, I, first of all, God doesn't reward us for how good we are. Okay. I mean, right. as far as. I, I get to check off all my boxes this week. Don't 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 mishear me here. But when God, when we're in a situation and something is done to us that was out of our control, then we tend to, I think, take that a little bit harder and sometimes justify why we're in that situation. Oh, it must automatically be something God wants me to go through or God wants me to deal with that, that he caused all this to happen. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think he does, but he's there. He understood what happened, and he's there to walk out of it with you, to redeem you, to give you back that value, whether or not it was your sin or somebody else's sin to you. Right. Yep. And and I think that is sometimes a harder, it's almost sometimes like a harder pill to swallow. Like if I do something moronic and I'm paying for it, you know, I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) I was dumb, and now I'm having to, you know, pay if, for that if it's somehow. icy outside and you walk across the pavement and you take that chance yeah. and you fall down, you ain't got nobody to blame. I got but nobody yourself. to blame, you know, and I, and I'm good with that. And I, and I don't automatically start thinking, well, why did God make me fall down? You know, no, I'm done. You, just fell you down. know, I just fell down. Now God might send somebody to help pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a, That's like always an, ambulance. a <laughs> an ambulance. An ambulance. <laughs> But in those instances where, you know, we're kind of chugging along and and we feel like others do something to us or or something happens that's, out, like you said, out of our control, then I think we do start looking at, okay, is this God doing, you know, getting my attention? Is this God putting me through something? Is there something that I need to, you know? And I, I, I think those are actually kind of, I think they're good questions that we need to answer, but we can't dwell on. Right. You know, sometimes we're just in the middle of situations because we're in the middle of situations. Mm-hmm. Now, what does our response need to be? Like, what do we need to be doing when we find ourselves in those situations? Because no matter, you know, if we believe that it was God that's doing it, if, if he's bringing a trial to us to help us, if it's somebody else just being jerks, you know, whatever what do we need to do in the middle of that it's probably not focus on the beginning of it you know like you just said we get caught up and i want to know why this is happening to me i mean i've been there i've gone through that in my life why is this happening to me why am i going through this why am i facing this why am i dealing with this and trust me i know there's things out there that i i don't want to deal with that that friends of mine have dealt with that people i love have dealt with and, and there's definitely things I don't want to, but, you know, we all have our own plate and we all go through this thing called life and we all have people do bad stuff to us. And when I think about that, you're right, you know, don't get caught up in the why, but but what do we do? And I think to me, the first step is just stop for a second, you know, kind of stop, uh, regroup a little bit, get 
get refocused, get re-energized, and, and remember some of the promises. This is what I have to do. Remember some of the promises that God's given us, that that He's not abandoning us, He's not leaving us, but He is there, and, and He will redeem, and He can take any situation and make it better than anything we ever imagined. You know, because if He's in control, what what am I worried about? Of course, I worry all the time, but don't hold that against me. <laughs> so what if we... Maybe what if we changed our perspective a little bit to instead of asking why we're in the situation, which is like what you said, looking back at the beginning of it. What if we looked forward and said, what's in store? Like what's in store for me? Yeah. What you do know? you want me to do with this? Well, yeah. What, what am I, what's going to be the end result of this? Right. You know, now I think though we got to, we got to look at Joseph I mean, we're talking about Joseph. So let's look at Joseph. During that time, like he was a slave in, in Potiphar's house, and then he was, you know, in prison, which it, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was a lot worse than prison is today. Most likely. But yeah. So, <laughs> no air conditioning. <laughs> so do we have information about what Joseph was doing then during those times? Yes, we yes, do. We do. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to say here thinking of some specifics. But yeah. 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 Well, I mean, just the, the fact that we see that Potiphar basically placed everything in his house under Joseph's control. Right. You know? And, I mean, he was second in charge of his household. The only thing, in fact, I think Joseph tells Potiphar's wife, the only thing that he has withheld from me is you. You know? I mean, he was he was big deal. And then when he was in prison, we see that, that basically the, the jailers kind of did the same thing. They put things in under his control and it says that the jailers were there. They didn't have to worry about anything because yeah. Joseph took care of it all. I don't think that's normally the reaction that we have. Explain that a little bit. Well, I mean, I, I think when we're in cruddy situations, we tend to, instead of, you know, looking at what's in store and how can I be, you know, faithful through this? How can I still do what's right? How can I, you know, persevere? I think we kind of get more into the woe is me, you know, attitude. And, you know, we we get bitter, you know, we, we, we end up... Um, trying to blame and we, we end up trying to do all kinds of things to try to protect ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, but we see that Joseph was in the situation and instead of, you know, instead of just sitting there in prison and being a jerk prisoner, I mean, obviously he was a model prisoner because he, he ended up kind of being in charge of all the other prisoners and all those kind of things. So he, he was in that situation but he didn't lose his, his faith, I don't think. And he, and he didn't lose his character, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a great point. And I even think of it, too, because I, I was sitting here, I'm contemplating that whole it's my sin versus somebody else's sin stuff, you know? And, and which one is it, and how, how do I respond, and is it different? And it's different. I mean, you're going to have different responses to each of it, but... I also think about, you know, when people are going through something, even if it's their choice or it's not their choice, that they don't believe 
they can get out of it, you know, or or this sin is too big or the sin is too dark. And and thinking about that situation is like he was put in this horrible situation and he responded it by living the way he was supposed to, like continuing to work hard to live the way he was supposed to. Did he probably make some more mistakes here and there? Of course he did. Did not probably ever make every decision right? Probably not. But what he did was at that difficult time, as you're saying, he dedicated himself to living out the truth instead of just woe was me. But sometimes we get in that woe was me and it's, I, we don't know how to get out of it. I mean, I've had difficult times where you don't know how to climb out of it. You don't know how to do your best each and every day because you do feel so overwhelmed and that's, that's a tough place to be. Yeah. And I think that's when we have to bring some others into our kind of into our struggle. You know, and we've, we've talked about that, that we have to have some other people to, to pull alongside of us. And if, even if it's nothing more than just having somebody there that we can talk to and kind of share what we're really feeling, sometimes that's what we need just yeah. to, just to unload, you know? Um, so I, I think what we've kind of looked at a little bit is that, that Joseph, I think he, I think he kept his faith, you know. I, I think he kept, um, I, can, I think he kept looking toward the future, you right. know, instead of getting stuck where he was. And he, I think he kept obeying, you know. For he sure. was, yeah. he was um, obedient to those in charge of him, earthly. But then the only reason was is because he was being obedient to God. So I think that's where we, I think that's where we need to be. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, looking forward, see what God's got in store. That's that's faith. Right. You know, without faith, we're we're not going to look forward. And then keep obeying. You know, where 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 do I need to obey you in this? Well, I'm going to go around and tell people about that. Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not obedience. You know, um, trying to you know slander someone else to to save face for you. That's not obedience. You know, whatever it might be, there's going to be some disobedience, um, some areas of disobedience there that we got to say no to, sure, and then yeah. and then keep on obeying. And I and I really think that that's that's what I've really seen. You know, in this in this current look at Joseph is is that whole keeping the faith and obeying and 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 seeing what God's got in store for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no matter what. No matter what you've done in the past, your sin or what may have been done to you in the past from somebody else's sin or actions, no matter what, there is absolutely nothing, unless you've invented a time machine, which would just cause all kinds of problems. I don't like when movies use time machines, Jonathan, to be honest with you. It's my sci-fi nerd coming out of me. But unless you go, you cannot, there's no way to go back in time and there's no way to change what's happened in the past. It's done. It's over. Now, can you go ask for forgiveness for somebody or go apologize to somebody? Yes, you can work on fixing a relationship, but there's no way you can change the actions that were done. Yeah. So all you can do, all you can do is look to the, what's ahead and look to see how God wants to use that and how God, um, he knows what you're going through. He knows what happened to you. He's very aware and he wants to lead you somewhere else. Use the word redeemed. He wants to redeem you, remind you that you have value because that value has a purpose. 
not just for you to live a happy go lucky life the rest of your days, but he has a purpose for you to go and do something for his kingdom, for him. It may be be second in command in Egypt. It may be <laughs> it may be just to lead your family. It may be to rebound from a disaster. It may be starting over. It may be getting off an addiction. Whatever it is, I don't know. But he's got something for you to do. I mean, it's forget the past. Your sin is not that sin is not bigger than God is. Yeah. If he he can overcome it, is what I'm trying to say. Yep. And I think this this kind of brings us to um the the last part of Genesis, Genesis fifty twenty. Um says, As for you, this is Joseph talking to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And with that I think it's time to land this plane. Well, land it, John. Land, land it. Plane. All right. So, so does God cause evil? No. Does God use, or can God use evil? Yeah, I, I think He can. I believe He does. Uh, he can redeem it. In other words, give it value. But you know, no matter what, we've got to find. We've got to be faithful when we find ourselves um, in in those kind of issues. And we've got to be obedient. You know, we've got to be still obedient to what God has for us. Um, So, guys, what is that that you're going through that maybe doesn't seem fair, maybe causes you to question God, maybe even makes you feel like quitting? How is God calling you to be faithful in that situation? I know it's way easier said than done, but he can give you the strength to go through it. And remember, don't go through it alone. Like we've said on previous shows, you've got to invite someone else into your struggle to help you. So, guys, I hope this um, in some way was was helpful for you. Um, Destin, do we have any? Uh, do we have any airmail? Airmail. <laughs> special effects. Special effects. Yeah. Hey, what we want to talk about airmail this week is uh, the last few weeks have just been fun. You know, on 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 Facebook especially, we we ran a little contest promotion out there to just encourage people to join in on the conversation and share um share the page you know we ain't gonna lie we're wanting this podcast to grow you know we 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 love the fact that we have as many listeners as we do already but we want this thing to grow because we want these messages uh we really want to get this out for god's glory and get these messages out because there's people in your life right now that are struggling and they need to hear these messages and so we really that's why we're doing these things is because we want y'all to help us get that that message out there and get people listening. So, anyway, on the Land of Plane um, Facebook page, Land of Plane today, um, we had a contest where we gave away a gift card of the choosing. Um, if you shared and all that kind of stuff, I don't remember what we had people do, but we did have a winner. We announced it on the page, but we want to say something here too on the face on the the podcast. But that winner was Benita Weisler. That's how you say her name. Weisler. Weisler. I know for a fact because. That used to be my wife's last name. <laughs> so she she is family. We didn't we didn't disqualify family. We're too too small of a group to disqualify family yet. But uh, congratulations, Benita. Uh, your gift card is on the way. Hopefully, uh, you'll be getting it pretty soon, if not already, by the time you listen to this. Now, what were the results of the polls that we? The results we of the asked? would you rather the would polls, you rather yeah. polls? Yeah, we had some fun with that. Um, I can tell you. I'll just go over them real quick. I'll read a couple comments, but uh, the. The one where we, we asked, would you rather go bald or always have bad haircuts? That thing ended 50-50. <laughs> 50-50. Um, 
yeah so i was just impressed by that and then we asked the one would you rather in the middle of the night have to run from a hungry bear or a terrifying clown um that one most people wanted to run from a terrifying clown 73 percent which you know my thought was the bear just might be hungry he might eat a possum on the way or something i don't know but jerry shared on here a bear charged me on my motorcycle it was scary clowns are horrible but i could take one in a fight it depends on how bad the clown is <laughs> amy said if i'm that scared i'm not running anyway my legs would betray me falling all over the place so i'll just be scared of a clown versus eaten by the bear and rodney said from a hungry bear because if i got away i would win if i didn't get away we both would win he would be full and i would be home talking about <laughs> heaven i guess uh and then we had the uh the one where we asked um if your boss comes in and tells you you have an exciting new project actually 60 percent said yes 40 percent said no and then we had the last one uh which was kind of just a, a really silly one i said would you rather pass gas once every time you have a serious conversation or have to burp during every kiss um, pass gas won 71%, 29%. And Lisa out there commented, she she voted pass gas, I guess, because she said, as long as it is silent, because I can burp better than a man. Oh. And I'm telling you, Challenge. I know Lisa, and that's a fact. That's <laughs> a fact. So we had a lot of a lot of fun out on the social media websites this, this last week and just enjoyed getting involved with y'all through that process. Uh, let's do some more, you know. Uh, when we post this, these podcasts up, when we, we put the link out there, join in on the conversation, uh, start, start commenting. Let us know what you think about the topic that day. Challenge us with some questions and stuff. It's, uh, our Facebook page, Jonathan, you're better at our, better at our websites than I am. I know Facebook <laughs> is landing plane today. Um, join us there. We have a Twitter feed. That is 24... Land the Plane 247. I don't know why. I love to start with Land the Plane. Land the Plane 247 for uh, Twitter. Instagram is Land the Plane Today. Facebook is Land the Plane Today. And our website is today. See, John, you're so good at that. You can also email us if you'd like. If you want to send us a private question. Yeah. And that is at today at gmail.com so if you want to send us a question or um even a show topic hey if you we'll want to talk it. about something absolutely we'll listen so even if you want to be a guest want to be yeah. a guest if you, hey, you got a show topic and a guest come on we bring it a, we have another microphone we may tell you no but come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah so join in with us it's a lot of fun um and this is stuff we need to talk about you know not having it ourselves but we gotta go this show is over Jonathan all right, let's hit the stop button. See you guys. All right, bye.